Hello again, and welcome to Work Well with Stephanie Wolf, brought to you by the Whole Food Health Coach, LLC, where we make your goals our goals, and you're never alone on your wellness journey. Experience the information, inspiration, and collaboration of our Coach in Your Corner partnership. My name is Stephanie Wolf. I'm a national board-certified health and wellness coach and proud owner of the Whole Food Health Coach, now in its ninth year, and four-time winner of the Best of Gwinnett Award in Endocrinology, Diabetes, and Metabolism Practices. Rachel, Sherry, and I invite you to visit WholeFoodHealthCoach.com to set up your 60-minute healthy living assessment. Our award-winning three-phase program is changing lives. Work Well is brought to you weekly and is dedicated to your personal and professional health and wellness. I offer examples from my own life, health, marriage, family, and business. I will share my research, my opinion, my faith, bringing you what I hope you find to be compelling content, engaging challenges, and practical body, soul, and spirit support on your wellness journey. WorkWell comes to you from my personal desire to live long and strong with passion and purpose, die of old age, and help others to do the same. Now from living rooms to boardrooms via Business Radio X, you are listening to Work Well with Stephanie Wolf. All right, let's do this one funny for you to get started today. A young man was sharing a distressing tale of survival. It was the toughest time of my life, he said. First, I got angina pectoris, then osteoporosis. Just as I was recovering from these, I got tuberculosis, pneumonia, and phlebitis. Then they gave me hypodermics, appendicitis, I was followed by tonsillectomy. They gave way to hypertrophic psoriasis and aphasia. I'm not entirely sure what came after that, but I know I had diabetes and acute indigestion, gastritis, rheumatism, and osteoporosis again. I don't know how I pulled through. It was the hardest spelling test I'd ever had. Oh, well, if you've been listening to this podcast, you know I like to make you laugh. And you also know that each week I offer you inspiration and information. I challenge you to challenge yourself today. Change something, improve something, let go of something, pick up something, start something, restart something, or at least begin that healthy self-dialogue to excite and generate movement towards your healthier goals that you have for living long and strong. So where we've been in January, we started with new beginnings was our topic, healthy new you, I've tried everything, body fuel, how are you fueling your tank, and one client's perspective. In March, we're going to be traveling into marriage uh, during Marvelous Marriage Marathon Month. My host for the whole month will be my husband of 49 years on March 23rd, Jack Wolf. Today, our topic's in February have been all about and are going to be all about heart health. So that's where we are now. Show your heart some love was last week and today. Don't go breaking my heart. Oh, thank you, Elton John and Kiki D. If you did not listen to the previous podcast, stop right now, go back and listen to Show Your Heart Some Love, and then you can come back. Okay, welcome back. The topic today is a continuation of Heart Health Month, so don't be missing a beat, pun intended. 
Today, go don't go breaking my heart as I share some of the ways to break this coach's heart by breaking yours and not appreciating the work that it does for you. So your heart works so hard. We established that last week. I hope I did an above average job of convincing you how vital that heart muscle is to your very existence. But a bit of it bears repeating today. So I'm going to say again, your heart is near the middle of your chest, slightly to the left. It's a strong muscular pump and it's a little bit larger than your fist. This life-giving muscle weighs about one pound and beats around 72 beats a minute, anywhere between 60 to 100. Slower if you're healthy, faster if you're not. Each day, the average heart expands and contracts 100,000 times and pumps about 2,000 gallons of blood a day throughout your body. In a 70-year lifespan, the average human heart beats more than 2.5 billion times. So to get a clear perspective on this, I challenged you, and if you're listening for the first time, lay your forearm of your predominant hand on top of your desk with your palm facing up. Now make a fist and then relax the fist fully and rhythmatically as many times as you can for a full minute. If you were like me and you tried this, you got tired even before one minute was up of opening and closing your fist and then you just stopped. But your heart needs to pump like that all day, every day, every month, every year, year after year without taking a single break. Your heart is vital to your very existence. So if you're gonna continue to do all the amazing things that you love to do and be around for all those amazing people that you love to do them with, then you need to take care of your heart. It's faithfully working to keep you doing all of those things that make life worth living. So I ask you again this week, how are you saying thank you? How are you taking care of this absolutely necessary, essential vital organ that is trying very hard to take care of you? Do you appreciate the work that it's doing right now? If your heart could talk, would it say something like, Whose side are you on? I think you're invested, obviously, if you're listening. I'm so happy that you're listening because it shows me that you have a precious love for your heart. And another saying, bless your heart. So you know that I have a program called Clean Concepts for Living and Working Well. And the CLEAN is an acronym. So we talk most of the time about how you care, how you live, how you think, how you move, and how you eat. So we're going to see how that fits in to our topic today. So don't go breaking my heart or yours. Become a preventionist. You know I've told you I'm a preventionist, right? So things don't get better by chance. They get better by change. The changes that you make today quite possibly could prevent disease and even death, yours. The fact is that 75 to 80% of the diseases that we suffer with are preventable. This means that 75 to 80% of the suffering, complications, and death that we Americans are facing could be prevented. The very definition of prevention is to stop something from occurring. You could maybe make that necessary life change or that behavior modification and stop somewhere around 75 to 80% of what may be killing you. Like those odds, I do. So I, I believe 
you do obviously you're listening um and it's those other people probably who are not listening so be sure to send this on to them so that they can hear about it so there's an extreme illustration that i'm going to share with you and i just started writing and came up with this so apologize ahead of time disclaimer so um, follow the thought and my intention behind it if you will so let's say that you have a loved one who kept smacking themselves in the face and they were complaining about the pain and the sting and the redness and the swelling and the discomfort of it all. But they kept smacking themselves in the face anyway. What would you say to them? Stop smacking yourself in the face, right? So would I. And then I would teach them why it's causing the pain. And I might even help them to make the necessary changes in behavior faithfully walking with them one step at a time as we replace the behavior with and find out what was causing the problem. And they would see what they're doing that was the cause, change their behavior, feel better, no more pain, no more swollen red cheeks. The discomfort would all be gone. Yay, health coaching. Or could they maybe visit a doctor and the doctor would prescribe pain meds so that they could tolerate the pain. Or worst case scenario, your loved one is sent to a surgeon and they remove the offending hand so that you could no longer slap yourself in the face with it. I know, stupid, right? So look, we all know the value of our precious healthcare system. They're there for a reason. And you know, wouldn't it be great though if we all took responsibility for what we can do for ourselves so that they do not need we don't need them so that we don't end up there under their care in their busy overcrowded waiting rooms or god forbid their morgues sorry it's don't shoot the messenger now don't go breaking my heart find yourself a great pcp a primary care physician very important for you if you don't love the one that you have then find a new one there are plenty of mds in the sea like fish get it so I'm blessed with a very great physician that I trust with my personal care, but I, lo I lovingly communicate that I am not interested in seeing them on a regular basis. My physicians know my core values, my lifestyle, my exercise, and my nutrition, though I'm not perfect in any of those areas, of course, but they know my life goal to walk the walk, not just talk the talk. They know that I need, I want to need them. I don't want to need them. And uh, they also really actually appreciate that. So if I need them, they are there, but I don't want to need them. I do not know what they know and I don't pretend to know, but they don't know what I know. So we're a team. And if that, if you're in a relationship with a physician and it doesn't feel like a team, then move on. You have options, and remember, they work for you. Don't be afraid to ask questions, get definitions, have them explain and explain again until you understand. Ask why, what's it for? Can I get it some other way? Is there a way to lower this or raise that? What other options do I have? Get a second opinion if you need to. They do the best they can with what time they have, but you're the one who has to live out the consequences. Remember from earlier this year, more skills, less pills. My first diagnosis of cancer in 1988 got my attention and I started learning. 
But my second diagnosis in 1999 changed my life. I took action. I continued to learn. I haven't even stopped doing that. But more than that, I continued to apply what I was learning. And I've never stopped, and I don't plan to. So I will meet my Jesus one day, but not at my own hand. And by that, I mean I choose life every day, and the things that I know give me life. It is a choice. Living well is a choice. Someone loved me enough to help me to stop slapping myself in the face. So I do not want to go through anything like what I've been through again. I don't want you or anyone else to go through the experiences that I've gone through again. I don't even know you, maybe. And I don't want you to die of any dreaded disease that is preventable. So don't go breaking my heart. You uh, get your information from a lot of sources. But I'm saying get your information from the right sources. Education, inspiration, collaboration with your um, in your plan. And what we don't know can and does hurt us. So I hear this all the time. I know what to do. I just need to do it. Great. But what if you don't? What if you only think you know what to do? One client asked me how many fruits and vegetables they, um, when I asked them how many fruits and vegetables they consume and what kinds, um, and the person said, She didn't really like fruits much, which I don't hear very often, but she said only peaches. And then she added, but I don't get the kind that's packed in heavy syrup. (gasps) Hopefully you gasped along with me as you realized that she was talking about canned peaches. But because you know that uh, fresh fruit is so much better for you and canned is less beneficial. And so there's not always uh, something that someone knows that's hurting them. It might be what they're not, what they don't know. And you could feel superior for the moment that you knew that maybe. But um, sadly, we had to do a lot of teaching and inspiring. So what we know and don't apply is actually even more dangerous. People say to me, I know I shouldn't be eating this. I have high A1C, or I know I should be eating more vegetables as they devour a burger and fries. I'm sorry, I'm not being judgmental. I'm just saying this is what I see. This is what's out there. It's like slapping yourself in the face over and over and over again, complaining about the consequences, the poor outcomes, but never addressing the true cause or see Seeking the change that's going to make a difference. Stop slapping yourself in the face. We don't know what we don't know until we know it. I had a healthy living assessment one time with a man who had every reason and need to work with me, but he criticized my recommendations, questioned my approach, pretty much told me he did everything I was suggesting already. I kindly got up from the table and said, mm, okay. But just remember, I'm not the one that's here to lose 50 pounds. I'm not the one who has diabetes. I'm not the one with high blood pressure and high cholesterol. There may be something that I know that you don't know. And that was the end of that discussion. And I never saw him again. I really hope he found the answers to the questions he was not willing to ask. You ask, I'm answering. So today, we've got a lot to talk about. Last week, I kind of started it and gave you a few things. And today, I want to dig in just a little bit deeper for you. So number one, know your numbers. 
So get regular checkups, like I mentioned, your PCP and your blood work and all of those things, inside tracker, and I can tell you more about that in um, weeks to come. But those conditions that affect the heart, including blood pressure, cholesterol, diabetes, all of your numbers um, should be in that healthy range, that healthy category, at least under control. But remember, by control, I don't mean relying solely on medications, or you may be forced to rely solely on medications. The second is control your weight. You may hate the scale. Most of us aren't fond of it, but it is an important uh, risk indicator. So don't ignore it. Too many pounds can increase heart disease risk, so pay attention to this number. Don't shoot the messenger. You can't change what you don't measure, and remember, a clearly defined problem is half the solution. You're halfway there if you know what the problem is, and that's what those numbers can tell us. The other thing in that same category is practice what I call girth control. So women's measurements around the waist should be at less than 35 inches. And that means one inch above your belly button is where you um, take that measurement. And the men's should be less than 40 inches around at the waist. Your hips are about seven inches below that, the thickest part, I guess, of the your behind. So your hip to waist ratio should be less than 0.95 for men and 0.80 which is calculate for women which is calculated by dividing your waist measurement by your hip measurement that's how you get that ratio now we're going to talk about two main things that I spend a lot of time in phase one helping my clients about. I'm not giving specifics, so you might need to talk to your doctor about some of it. But overall, Harvard Health and I agree on all kinds of things, and there's all kinds of great information that you can get from our podcasts and our website, as well as our blogs and some of our Facebook page, all of those things. But here's another one. Eat a heart-healthy diet. To reduce high cholesterol numbers, you can do it with food choices, but you do have to pay attention. If you're not willing to make the changes, then you have to take the meds. So the link between diet and heart disease grows stronger every day. It keeps me in business, actually. When you eat a dramatically um, influenced diet, you're paying attention to the foods. It can actually change and improve and in some cases reverse almost every aspect of heart health from blood pressure and inflammation in your body to cholesterol levels and triglycerides and weight loss. So not to mention the benefits of your brain, like uh, effect on ADD, ADHDs, Alzheimer's, um, as well as dementia and um, mood disorders of all kinds. So, but here's some specifics. Load up on fresh vegetables and fruits, especially leafy greens, tomatoes. They're loaded with heart-healthy lycopene and fruits like, I say, an apple a day is good for you. Apple a day keeps the doctor away. Avocados full of potassium, vitamin K, folate, antioxidants, monounsaturated fat. That's the healthy fat. Berries, especially blueberries, blackberries, and raspberries. Can you say berries? Say fatty fish wild-caught salmon. It's best to have it two to three times a week. I've got some great recipes. If you're not fond of salmon, I can help you to become fond of salmon. Nuts, like walnuts and almonds, two ounces a day can lower LDL by around 5%, says Harvard Health. 
beans. Rich in soluble fiber, you can make great soups with these. They slow digest, um, they're slowly digested, so they're great for weight loss. Navy, kidney, black, garbanzo, black-eyed peas. One study actually showed that eating pinto beans reduced levels of blood cholesterol, blood triglycerides to be specific, and that bad LDL. Seeds. Chia seeds, flax seeds, hemp seeds, and all of them are great sources of heart-healthy nutrients, including fiber and omega-3 fatty acids. Whole grains, not whole wheat, whole grains, like oats, barley, quinoa, brown rice. So high-quality dark chocolate. I know you're happy about that, but I'm not talking about milk chocolate here. I'm talking about 72 percent or higher cacao. So another one, garlic, and then olive oil, extra virgin, organic, first cold pressed olive oil. It's high in oleic acids as well as antioxidants. Lots of studies show that it's helpful in preventing and treating hypertension since that's what, uh, the heart health and so many other health benefits I don't have time to go into. Edamame and other soy products. Just be careful with soy. It can be over-processed and, and ultra-processed and not good for you. Edamame is rich in soy isoflavones and the type of flavonoid actually that is the one that helps lower cholesterol levels and improve heart health. Green tea is another one. It's high in polyphenols and ketchums. Uh, Ketchikan, sorry. I'm, I'm not sure how to pronounce that one. I should have looked that up. Um, associated with lower cholesterol and triglycerides as well as blood pressure. So those are some of the things. But you've heard me say this before. Stop eating crap. That's the other side of it. Avoid eating sugar and saturated fats and sodium and ultra-processed meats and crap. That carbonated, refined, artificial, processed foods. It's going to stop your heart every time. It's going to create those problems we're trying to avoid. All right, reduce alcohol intake. Too much alcohol consumption can worsen all health conditions that contribute to heart disease. One five-ounce glass uh, for women and two, at the most, five-ounce glasses for men is what's um, out there. Manage your stress. Um, I love Proverbs 12:25 says, worry weighs a person down, an encouraging word cheers a person up. I'm here to cheer you up. I know sometimes it's bad news um, on one side, but I hope to always leave you with good news. So worry, fear, and other negative emotions gain strength when they're fueled by negative input. So control your negative emotions by controlling your input. What goes in becomes a part of that stress increase or stress relief. So pay attention to what you're listening to, what you're watching, and the thoughts that continue to circle in your brain. So the next one is the one I'm going to spend the most time on, get enough exercise. Today it's all about it. Movement is medicine for your entire body. Sitting is the new smoking. I know you've heard it. It's bad for you. It's bad for you. Our bodies were created to move and they do not do well when we sit. So your heart loves exercise, even if you don't. Find your fit. The term fitness means different things to different people. For me, it's simply finding the thing that makes you move your body. My clients are used to me saying, whatever gets you up off the couch. 
So for some people, fitness means a gym membership, pumping iron, sweaty group classes, and trendy workout clothes, while others find it hard to keep up with those, and so they struggle to be consistent, and consistency is the key. So I'd rather my clients get 10 minutes of moderate to vigorous exercise every day for seven days than one 60 or 70 minute workout one day a week. Your body likes consistency. During the pandemic, many people lost their mojo and gained what we call in uh, at the Whole Food Health Coach, the COVID-19, 19 pounds. Um, some people ended up being a chunk and other people ended up being a hunk. So others, um, I think on both sides of this, I like to talk about the ones that got their groove back. The sales of fitness equipment soared. We know that people set new goals, created new workouts that they could do. And instead of focusing on what they couldn't do, they got doing it. So maybe that was you. And I hope you're still doing it. Are you still in the groove? I try to provide plenty of ideas for my clients to get up off the couch. And I have lots of ways to do that. And I encourage you to dust off the total gym that you bought a couple years ago or take the clothes off the treadmill and um, start using it. And if you're around my age, you might find those old Richard Simmons sweating to the oldies or Jane Fonda's workout videos. Well, maybe some of you might have to um, find those antique devices to run those on. Um, and some of you younger readers might need to Google those titles and names for interpretation. But my point is there's never been a better time to find your fit. So start looking. My husband, Jack, found his fit as an avid runner years ago. And um, that love was shared by our son, Chad, and his oldest daughter, Isabella. They love running and have al it's always really confounded me. And you've heard me talk about this before. I just don't get it. Jack would talk about the runner's high he experienced. Just him in the open road running is definitely not my thing. And over the years, I would joke, if you see me running, you'd better take off because something bad is happening. But seriously, I love that he loves it and he's consistent with it. His joints don't love it as much or appreciate it as much uh, a good long run as it used to, but he does it on a regular basis. And now he includes strength training and flexibility, sometimes battle ropes and kettlebells, another form of fitness that I do not get. I would take out a knee, I think, with a kettlebell. So it's not my thing, but I have a thing. My thing is walking. It is something I learned to do when I was about two years old. And I've been doing it pretty well, nearly 36, or uh, I'm sorry, turn those numbers around. I'm trying to count <laughs> 63 years, um, almost 63 years now since I mastered that skill. So I'm actually pretty good at it. In fact, I can do it anywhere, inside, outside, on a trail, in a mall, at the park, on a sidewalk, walk to downtown Sugar Hill or in my air-conditioned workout room. Thank God for my workout room. I bought a treadmill at a garage sale so many years ago for $75. And that thing is still giving me hours and hours of fitness. So I found my fit. I do a dance, walk, run. Um, in fact, with an incline. And I do a minimum of two miles every morning at, in my routine. I crank up the music and I've even created some dance routines and some moves for my uh, personal enjoyment. So I dance, walk, run my way 
into my day every morning. That's my thing. I set out my shoes, my socks, the, the clothes, nothing trendy um, like I have on today. But when the alarm goes off, I suit up, head off to the weight room, turn on the tunes, and off I go. So the faster the beat, the faster the music, the faster I go. And the more movement I incorporate. So the slower the music, I slow down a little bit. It helps me to do it all and, um, and use my upper body and my hand weights at the same time. So I walk, run, and dance to the beat of the music. Now, a side note, I can actually walk backwards and sideways on my treadmill. But don't try that. Those are pretty tricky moves. Um, and it's only for the experienced treadmiller. And I should admit that I have fallen off before. So, um, yes, no video for that one, or it would make me millions on uh, America's Funniest Home Videos. So at the end of my workout, I actually turn off the treadmill, and then I push the tread to move it with my own power. My heart and my mind love it. I imagine my heart saying, thank you for showing me some love this morning, Stephanie. So you may um, see me bench pressing my own body weight against the bathroom vanity or doing squats while moving the dishes from the dishwasher to the cabinets or clothes a piece at a time from the dryer. I call it functional fitness. It's got to be fun. Have fun and be fit at the same time. You have your body with you all day long. Use it well and it'll keep you well. Your heart will say thank you. Even cleaning your house can be a real workout if you do it with gusto. I have, a, I have the music cranked up while I'm dusting and vacuuming. I have to work twice as hard to look half as good these days, so I find ways to work that fitness into my everyday life. Establish a habit is what I want you to do. Add time to your walk as you build your strength up. And you might start with a goal of 30 minutes a day, five days a week, and then move to 50 minutes a day, five or six days a week, and increase your pace or your incline as you feel ready. But get started somewhere. Find your fit. Jack found his. I found mine. You can find yours. And if you still aren't convinced why, here are some reasons all together. Strength and health. That long and strong life I keep telling you about. Use it or lose it. Strengthens the heart. And that's what we've been talking about. It pumping that blood, the oxygen to all muscles. It supports ligaments and tendons that support the bones. So less injury. It increases energy. The more you move, the more energy to move. Increase the number of white blood cells that are rotating through your body to fight infection. It increases metabolism. You burn more calories even when you're in rest mode. So burn, baby, burn. Carbs, uh, it actually curbs your appetite. Not carbs your appetite. It curbs your appetite. And um, it affects your mood. It actually can crank your mood feelings, your good mood feelings, and reduce those bad mood feelings, which make you have the cravings, the food cravings, and gain more weight. It improves circulation. Again, blood flow to every organ. It improves sexual pleasure and performance. I'll pause there. 
improves coordination and balance. It stimulates and releases that dopamine. Remember the feel-good hormone. It reduces anxiety. It boosts your mood, I already said. Calms you down. Um, calms that worry and nervousness. It improves brain cells and brain performance. Better concentration, even after a short walk. It improves digestion and prevents constipation, improves sleep. It improves overall wellness. Your entire body will say thank you. Don't go breaking my heart or yours. Show your heart some love. Do what you can do. Start slow, but start. Your doctor um, you might need to be checked with to be sure, but be sure that you can be your own change agent. Change is hard. I know it. Choose your heart. There may be more at stake than what you even know. So hope is not a strategy, and ignoring the problem won't make the problem go away. When clients are ready to take the road less traveled and feel that they may have a long way to go and don't think they can go it alone, they reach out to us. Even Lone Ranger had Tonto, and Batman had Robin, Sherlock had Watson, and even a great receiver needs a great quarterback. And in this scenario, I'm the quarterback and you're the receiver. So me, your health coach, your quarterback, and you as my listener are the receivers. I'm doing what I can to place that ball accurately where I want it, where you can receive it. Are you ready to make the catch of your life? It could very well be the one that decides the game. Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs and Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles will square off in Super Bowl 57 this Sunday evening. I'll be glued to the television. Now, we get many invitations to attend Super Bowl parties, and I'm sorry if we turn down your invitation. But I love football, and I want to see the game. I want to hear the announcers. I want to review and view all the plays. I do not like sharing the space um, or risk missing something while others party. And I appreciate all that it takes for these teams to get to this point. I respect hard work. I always have. To get to this matchup, both teams have my respect. They compete at the highest levels of the game, the owners, managers, coaching staff, and players alike. They make the hard choices. They play the game, practice, they listen, they learn, they grow, they care about the game, about the team, and about the win. So do I. They did it a step at a time. They did it 10 yards at a time. First down after first down, one successful play after another, learning to be better, do better by watching the replays, to build a better play next time, to be in the right place at the right time, blocking, tackling, hitting, and being hit time and time again. It's not easy. They had to face the challenges one at a time, winning one opponent after another, scoring one touchdown or field goal after another, but they did it. They can be proud of what they've done to get there. AFC and NFC champions. And now, here they are, the Super Bowl. One more opponent, one more win. That's how they become a champion. That's how you become a champion. One step at a time. Well, it's your time for your Super Bowl. 
be a champion. Make yourself proud. You've been listening to Work Well with Stephanie Wolf, brought to you by the Whole Food Health Coach, LLC, where we make your goals our goals, and you're never alone on your wellness journey. If you're new to this podcast, I invite you to subscribe and listen on your favorite podcast channel. Just say, Alexa, play Work Well with Stephanie Wolf. I'd love to hear from you. Share your cherished takeaways from today or any other podcast. What's been working for you? For information about our corporate wellness programs, virtual classes, or our individual coaching programs, go to work, go to wholefoodhealthcoach.com. Your coaching, uh, we're there in your corner. It's available virtually anywhere in the country. I'm Stephanie Wolf, wishing you well, personally and professionally. See you next week live or on your favorite podcast channel. Until then, choose life. Choose life.